Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Father, that's our prayer this morning. That you'd receive our heart, that it would be yours. Lord, as much as we desire to do that, we need your help in that. We ask that you would come by your Holy Spirit. As we dedicate ourselves afresh to you, we ask that you would take us, that you would teach us, that you would lead us and guide us, Father, so that we could do what we do in a manner that honours you and expresses our gratefulness to you for all that you've done. Father, we pray and commit ourselves to you this year. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, guys. Well, Happy New Year. It's good to see you here. It's good to be here. Uh, I know many people are on holidays and good on them. They're enjoying sunshine. Isn't it amazing to have sunshine here in Melbourne? It's like, I don't know about you, but it seemed like the weather was never going to change. It was going to be wet forever. And, um, Finally, 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 we're getting some warm weather, and I know some people enjoy that. Some people like it in short bursts, and it usually happens in short bursts, but that's okay. It's good to, good to have the warm weather here. 2023, um, and like Britt said, you know, for me, well, it's just another day, you know. December 31, 1st of January, it's another day, what's the difference? Um, it's sort of like weird, but uh, lots of people think of it differently. And um, what does happen for me, though, is in the beginning of it, whether it's a new month or a new year or whatever, I, I do think, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? What's going to happen? Um, we make all sorts of promises to ourselves and do all sorts of things. But the key thing is this, most people think things are going to get better, don't they? Is it, there's some scepticism in the room. But if you listen to people around, they all speak as if the next year is going to get better somehow, some way, in a range of different things. Now, the reality is, is it's not quite true. Do you know, as another year passes, you get older and there are things that you could do when you are younger that you can't do when you're older. And so things are not getting better. They're getting worse. It's, it's, it's like your body is not operating like it used to operate. It doesn't do as much or as quick as it used to. And, and so the reality with the passing of time, it's not true to say that things actually get better from many perspectives. And my message this morning is a little bit about that. There is, a, there is a way for things to get better, but not like you think. Now, I know there are some areas of your life where things will improve, and that's a good thing. But those things are norm, normally temporary, aren't they? It's, it's, it's like something will happen, and it's a temporary thing, but eventually... Time and uh, the passing of time works its thing on it. You, you, I don't know about you, but you know, you do the garden, right? Mow the lawns, do the weeds. It all looks so good, doesn't it? For how long? Yeah, this time of the year, a combination of the heat and the rain, and what actually happens is 
the weeds grow faster, the grass grows back, and it's like things get better for a few days and then they go back to how they were before. I want to turn to um, 1 Corinthians and um, I want to read to you from chapter 16, verse 8 and 9. It says this, Paul writing, he says, But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. And so Paul is here in Ephesus, and he's saying, I'm going to stay here for longer. There are two things that are happening. One, there's an open door for effective ministry, and the other is, I'm getting beaten up again. Sounds positive, doesn't it? That's really what he's saying. Things are going well. In other words, I'm reaching more people. There's a, a, a people are open to what I'm saying. But on the other hand, there is a whole bunch of people that oppose me. Now, I don't know if we really know what opposition is. Not, not like Paul knew opposition. We may have someone who's against us for some reason or another. We may have someone who's a little uh, niggly with us. But the reality is, I don't know anyone here who's, who's been whipped 39 times. If you have been, put up your hand. <laughs> I don't know if there's anyone here who's been beaten and stoned to the point where they're nearly about to lose their life. And so when Paul says there are those who oppose me, it's an understatement. It's sort of like a little less than what's really happening. He's, got, he's gone through the mill. But the effective door that's open to him is more powerful than those who oppose him. Now the reality is in our nation, for whatever reason, the pendulum has swung against the church. The pendulum has swung against conservative, what we would say are conservative values. And the world around us is changing, but at the same time, there's an effective door for ministry. Despite the opposition, despite the challenges, despite the, 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 um, the tension that's been created, there's a door of opportunity, there's an open door for effective ministry. And Paul is saying, I'm staying on at Ephesus. Why? Because there's a great door for an effective work that has been opened to him. And I believe for the church in our nation, there's an effective door open. All we need to do is walk into it and keep going. But there will be those who oppose us. Let them oppose us for good reasons, not for the wrong reasons. Too often the church has been opposed because it's, it, it, it's, it's um, not conducted itself appropriately. I think we get into arguments we don't need to get into. We're, our goal is to preach a message of good news. Now there'll be some who are affected by that and negative against it, that's okay. But too often we get into arguments we don't need to get into and we take our eyes off the main thing, which is to preach Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. So as a church, I believe we're headed into a time of effective ministry, an effective door is opened, effective work can take place. You know, as we get older, we go through different things. You know, as a child, I probably had energy to burn and new things to learn. As a teenager... Um, I had a statement, mum and dad are here, so they'll tell me if it's wrong later, but I had a statement to make and an attitude to go with it. As a 20-year-old, I carried ambition and there was nothing, nothing was achieved quick enough. There's still some of that in me today. 
that nothing achieved quick enough. Like, Brittany, clean your room. Now! Get it done! Come on! You know, I want it done quickly. Ruth and I married and we worked through a few things, lots of things, still working through them. We had children and our energy was used for all sorts of responsibilities. And we bounced back from challenges. Now we're grandparents. We're happy to have the grandchildren come to our houses. We're happy to see them go. <laughs> but sincerely, the joy of interacting without the same level of responsibility is a pleasure. You know, you know it's, it's a relief. You don't have to, we don't have to discipline our children anymore. And, you know, if our grandchildren misbehave, we think, that's okay, we can tolerate it for an hour or two and then their parents can sort them out later. <laughs> Let's fill them up with lollies before they go. It's a way of getting back at our children for what they did to us. <laughs> but contentment now is found more in interaction than it is in things. All of us, you know, like things. Some of you like new phones. Some of you want, what is it, PS5? Is that the latest one? Yeah, lucky, lucky, right, I think. Yeah. I've seen an article, apparently people are mucking them up, they're turning them the wrong way and it's causing problems for them, so you can work that out later. But, but people like things, don't they? We all like things. There's nothing wrong with things. The mistake with things is that we think that they bring, them, bring us contentment, but the reality is contentment isn't found in things. Because the things that, not only do the things that we get decline in value and usefulness and attraction, but, but there's always another new thing around the corner. There's something else that we want. And so if we're looking for contentment in, in the accrual of things, then very soon we're going to work out that there is no pleasure in the accrual of things. As you get older, you realise the, the real pleasure is in interaction. It's in relationships. It's in connecting with people, in understanding one another, in enjoying one another. And, you know, um, and, and I know it's, it's not unique to us, but for Ruth and I, there is joy in interacting with our grandchildren. We just, it, just hearing them say simple things, is just a, there's a pleasure in that that you can't buy. It's like they say something funny and you think, oh, that's so good, and you tell someone else and they think, that's not that funny. <laughs> and, and, and so there's something that happens on the inside that, that, that feeds us as a result of interaction. And the older you get, the more you realise that things don't matter as much as the people around you matter. You know, the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to move into 2 Corinthians in a minute, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing 2 Corinthians, which is around 55 to 56 AD, at this stage it's hard to know for sure, but he was probably 50 to 55 years old. And so for some of you, you relate well to that. Others of you, that seems like an eternity away, either eternity into the future or an eternity into the past, one of the two. But he's around 55 years old, he spent the best, ten, best part of 10 years in intense missionary activity, travelling around, planting churches, getting beaten up. His body would have borne the scars from many of those incidents. His road to Damascus experience was about 20 years prior now, 
And he still remained faithful to the challenge that Jesus gave him on the road to Damascus experience. I want you to think about this man. You know, he is probably a shorter man, big nose, probably bald. I don't know who he looked like, but anyway. As you read, you, we can only know Paul from what we read about him and, what, and the way he wrote. But he was probably a very, very, very determined person. Remember, in the book of Acts, he had an argument with uh, Barnabas. Barnabas was his key supporter in the early days. Uh, helped him through, got him connected with other Christians, did all sorts of things. And, and, and so Paul ends up having an argument with Barnabas about uh, John Mark. And they have an argument, blows up, and they go their separate ways. So we're not talking about a shrinking violet. We're talking about someone strong, ambitious, determined, pushing through. This stage is probably 55. He'd got to the place where he understood it's not what he does that matters, but rather what he carries. And, and, you know, we can still fall for the accrual of achievements story, but what we achieve is less important than what we carry. And whether you realise it or not today, you all carry something. I'm not talking about children, I'm not talking about your bag or your phone, but internally you're carrying something. And what you're carrying... It's sure the accrual of all of the experiences you've had in your life, but more important than that, you're carrying something of the message of Christ. And when I say something, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but I think, you know, Christ is still being revealed in us and through us. And Paul is a carrier. Now, in the time that Paul walked on the earth, carriers were important people, the couriers, if I can put it another way. And the courier was important, but nowhere near as important as the message that he carried. You see, in those days, um, the mail system was probably more reliable than ours is today. But usually a man would take a message, a message that is sealed, that's confidential, and he'd be forced to run. Perhaps, you know, in, in, in times of war, they'd be running messages backwards and forwards to key commanders who are making decisions based on the information in, the, in, in that pouch. And, you know, if the courier or the carrier somehow was wounded or injured, the message would still have to get to where it was going. The carrier, if I can put it, that would be discarded, but the message remained important, had to get to where it had to go. And Paul, in his older age, he knew himself as a carrier. And what he was carrying was not something external like a pouch that could be discarded, but it was something that he carried on the inside. And on the outside, he bore the scars of his carrying, but on the inside, what was happening was really quite profound. We're going to read now from 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter, <coughs> chapter 4. And it says this, therefore, and I'm going to read it, read it slowly because I want you to hear what he's saying. He's saying, therefore, since God in his mercy 
has given us this new way, we will never give up. Right? If you can hear what I've just said about him being a carrier of a message, Paul is saying something to this church in Corinth, and this church in Corinth had had its fair share of problems. Since God in his mercy has given us this new way, this new way of carrying Christ within, we will never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. What he's saying is, what I am carrying is going to be communicated clearly, accurately. I'm not here to manipulate you. I'm not here to uh, 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 somehow trick you. I'm here to give you, the, uh, as best as I can, the purity of what I've received, and I'm going to pass it on or communicate it to you, and I'm not going to give up on doing this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil... It is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine where? In our hearts, so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Paul is getting to the crux of the message with the Corinthian church, and he's saying, listen, we are conducting ourselves as well as we possibly could, but what we've got on the inside has changed us, and we are bringing it and carrying it to you so that you can receive the same message. He says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, sounds like a song. Um, we get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. <laughs> Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. He's saying on the outside, I'm getting beaten up, I'm getting whipped, I'm getting persecuted, but what I carry on the inside persists and it goes on. Yes, we live under the constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. We continue to preach because we've had this same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, I so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus who will also... Uh, we know that God <clears throat> who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. This is the key message. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. I said at the start, and I'll come back to this in a minute, I said at the start, you know, we talked about things getting better. The reality is the world in which we live, things are not really getting better. 
for us personally. Things are not really getting better because we are declining, we are dying, if I can put it that way. We started on a trajectory, we're going up and now we're coming into land. Hopefully it's not a crash. But what should happen, what ought to be happening, what Paul is saying is we have something on the inside that is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He's talking about Christ within us. And we are actually being transformed by what God has done in us and it ought to be bursting out so that as our bodies decline, the power of God increases through us. This is God's purpose and God's plan. It says, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look, oh, sorry, <clears throat> it's easier this way. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone but the things that we cannot see will last forever. Paul speaks about us carrying treasure in earthen vessels. You are carrying something more valuable than the vessel you are. There is treasure within you that is going to continue to increase in value, not only to yourself, but others around about you. The good of God, the Christ within is changing you, transforming you, and that's going to continue to increase and get better and better and better and better. Or it won't. Because the reality is we all carry treasure inside. The quality of the treasure is really, really important. You see... If you're a worrier, then it's likely that you'll continue to worry and you'll get more worried. If you're bitter, it's likely that you become more bitter and that will increase. If you're nasty, it's possible that you'll get nastier and you'll end your life a nasty old person. You see, whether we like it or not, we carry something. The question is, what is it you're carrying today? The musos would like to come. What's on the inside of you that's coming out? For Paul, he made it clear it's the good news. A message of hope, a message of grace, a message of forgiveness. You see, if you're generous, it's likely that generosity will increase. If you're loving, then it's likely that love will increase. But as you continue on in life, as you ascend and then begin the descent, it's important that in the process you throw off everything that hinders that you discard the things that have no eternal value. That you get rid of the things that are hurting you and take up the things that heal you. 
You're a carrier. And there's a message on the inside of you. May it be the one that Jesus intended. How do we measure that? By looking at the impact that we have on the people around about us. Are they feeling loved? Are they feeling like we extend grace to them? Are they feeling like we forgive them? Are they feeling like they're supported in their times of need? Are we actually acting as Jesus acted as he walked on the earth? I want you to go today knowing that on the inside of you there's a there's a seed of good news. But I encourage you to let that seed grow. So that it overtakes every other area of your life. And that the things that need to be discarded are discarded and the good things continue to burst to the front. There's nothing more pleasurable than seeing an older person display the love of God despite their pain and difficulty. There's nothing better than seeing a person come to the end of their life knowing that they've served God and loved others in the process. Will you stand together with me this morning? There's an effective door of ministry open to us. And there are those that oppose us. In some ways, this may sound strange, but that is true internally as well. Internally, there is a battle that takes place for all of us. It's a battle between right and wrong, good and evil. Christ and our own fleshly nature. Father, my prayer today is this, that you would help each one of us to become carriers of good news. People with a message of hope, message of love, a message of encouragement, a message of grace, that emanating from within our lives would be something that others find attractive so that they too can experience not only the benefits of what you've done within us, perhaps learn, but perhaps learn something from us that may lead them closer to you. My prayer today is that, Father, that you will become bigger within and will become less. As John the Baptist said, simply making the way so that you will be known by all. Father, I pray, bless everyone here in this place today. Bless everyone who's watching with us online. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.